When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I'm your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie is here. Before we get started, Frenchie and I are doing a really fun interview in just under two weeks to be recorded on the last day of January, and I'm going to make a contest. The contest will end... This episode's going to come out on Thursday or Friday this week, so let's say it's going to end next... Next Friday, Friday the 26th, so you have a little over a week from when we're recording this. The contest is to guess who we're interviewing. The prize will be a Pillion Parlay t-shirt and something from Frenchie's trove of prizes to be determined. Maybe a hat, maybe a book, maybe some random piece of merchandise, so... You and Frenchie, I'll have options. Yes, you and Frenchie can discuss whatever you want to take from Frenchie's collection on that one. So we'll leave it a little open ended, and yeah. So I will give one small hint. Both of these drivers are appearing together. One is a former driver. One is a current driver. And that is all I'm going to say on who we are interviewing. And do they have to get both? They have to get both. Yes, definitely have to get both. I if if we record in, in time to get the next episode out before next Friday, I will drop another hint, or maybe like next Wednesday I'll drop like a social media hint if I can think of something else. So Alright. That being said, we have our non racing racing question. This one comes from my girlfriend, and the question is, what's an urban legend that you believe? I can go first because I did some research on this one. This was, she gave me a handful of ones, like the the one that was, you know, what's a cover of a song that's better than the original was, was another one that she submitted, but I have a urban legend webpage on 
my laptop open here that I can send you. But also, if you want me to go first while you're kind of doing a Google real quick, I can do that. Is an urban legend similar to a conspiracy theory? I I th- I think I'll I'll allow it. I'm gonna have to look these up slightly, but go for yours while I just see to fully understand what the difference is between conspiracy theory and urban legend. Okay, so my urban legend of choice would be the Jersey Devil, which is apparently haunting the Pine Barrens in south centralish new jersey uh the quick story goes there's this is a i don't know three sentence story that i found on a website for you guys way back in 1735 a woman who lived in the expansive expansive woods of new jersey's secluded pine barrens cursed the birth of her 13th child born a quote freak of nature the bat-winged and cloven-hooved creature has been terrorizing the area ever since Hence, the New Jersey Devils NHL team, that's how they got their name and their logo. Sightings became so widespread that it's rumored the Philadelphia Zoo posted a $10,000 reward for the capture of the beast. There's a bunch more information on this other link, but being that this is not a urban legend podcast, I will leave it there. But driving through the Pine Barrens is kind of creepy. It's just so dark and secluded. There's no highway lights that it... it it is definitely a bit of a spooky, creepy kind of experience. Not, I don't know if I, uh, I think I, I think it's, I think it could be possible. You got anything? Yeah, I just found one that's like from the county I live okay. in. So I was going to do that one. It's called the Bunny Man. Apparently, have you heard of this? No. In 1970, in Fairfax County, Virginia, which is where I live, but, like, throughout the D.C. and Maryland areas, apparently there's a man wearing a rabbit costume who attacks people with an axe or a hatchet. Okay. In some accounts, I guess the people's bodies are mutilated. Interesting. Or, But it happened very close to where I live, and there have been investigations into it in the 70s, I guess. And then also, let's see, there were several Washington Post articles about it that the bunny man had eaten a man's runaway cat. Some University of Maryland students submitted a research paper in the 70s that chronicled a whole bunch of different variations on these same incidents. So, I don't know. I, I totally believe that there would be a creepy, deranged person wearing a bunny suit attacking people. Why not? There's nothing really supernatural about that. It's just strange, twisted human behavior, and that fits into my professional life of (laughs) not being a creepy, deranged human, but studying criminology. I'm not completely surprised or at all surprised, really, by the fact that somebody would wear a bunny suit and go do crazy things. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. I I have not heard that one, but... I don't know. Do people do people have conspiracy theories that they believe in to some extent? Please comment, like, and subscribe to the podcast. I'm just kidding. Uh, please like and comment and let us know if you have conspiracy theories. I have another one. I just yeah, found. go for it. Might as well. Uh, apparently, there's one that 
called the Blue Star Tattoo Legend. I don't know, but apparently there's a legend that LSD tabs are being distributed as lick and stick temporary tattoos to children. <laughs> like unknowingly. Yeah. No actual cases of this have happened. And I don't think LSD, I'm pretty sure, I don't think LSD can penetrate through the skin to, like, I think you have to ingest a tab orally. I, I've never tried it, but I don't think Same. you can just stick it on your arm like a nicoderm patch or <laughs> a Band-Aid, and it will induce psychedelic experience for kids. I also don't understand what the purpose of that would be. So I don't believe that. I think it's a way for somebody to make up a reason why their kids shouldn't use temporary tattoos because they didn't want them to. Yeah, yeah, that one's significantly less believable than either of the two we previously mentioned. Like, who would who would benefit from doing that? Oh, yeah, I'm going to distribute LSD to children through temporary tattoos. Yeah, it is kind of random. Like, what, what do you gain from that? It's just a very... I don't know. I guess it also fits into the deranged human behavior. So you can't completely throw it out the window, but I just don't see a concerted effort happening. Yeah. To do this, to accomplish nothing. Yeah, I agree. Okay, let's talk about race cars. I guess let's start with IndyCar news since there's a lot less of it still, unfortunately. The first thing we are going to discuss is that the leader circle yeah. has gone back up in value. So in 2022, or yeah, 2022, the payout for the leader circle was just over a million dollars. I think it was a million sixty thousand. And then Penske Entertainment chose to cut one hundred fifty thousand dollars from each contract in 2023 which saved them a total of $3.3 million, which was, I guess, rerouted to... Marketing. Marketing. And so everybody was dealing with 910000 and they were not happy. I remember when this happened, the teams were pretty frustrated because I think it was... It, it was made to seem like it was a last-minute thing yeah. that was yeah. kind of sprung on them. I don't know the actuality of that. I don't think that, it was, but, but yeah. It's going back up to over a million dollars. Mark Miles has said that typical funding will be restored. We'll have some news about the total amount, but it'll be seven figures, and there will not be a deduction for help with promotions, which is good to hear. That would suggest that Penske Entertainment is listening to the teams. They're aware that they've got to add value to these partners that have decided to invest and give them back some money as being these franchises or these teams and having entries. And so I like that because... I mean, we're talking about, what do they say? It's like six to seven million on the low end for a full year budget for an Indy car and then up to maybe 10, 11 million. Having that million dollars can go a long way for drivers who are bringing some sponsorship and piecing things together. And I think budgets are even more important with the assumed intro of a hybrid component mid-year, which is, you know, not not cheap. Excellent point. It's like a 600 grand extra or something for that. Grand? Yeah. I don't know why. I think there's going to be about a million dollars in budget added to each team this year for hybrid and hybrid-related components and whatnot. So, yeah, I, I think it's fine. I didn't like it last year because it, it 
I don't care what they say. There's there's no chance it was a last minute thing. This was something that was discussed about because you can't just pull three million dollars away and be like, "Oops, it was last minute. It's going to marketing now." <laughs> but yeah, let's just let's just leave it there before I get myself in trouble. What's next? I actually have a question related yeah. to that. I just kind of popped into my head. Do you think this maybe explains why certain teams are not expanding? No. Right? Like Andretti is going back down to three cars because they just don't need to drop that extra money. And we have Foyt with that whole thing, which I guess we can mention now is that Santino Ferrucci, as we hinted at last week, we we knew, and I think hopefully our hints were obvious enough for people to figure it out, was going to be in that number 14 seat for A.J. Foyt again. Um, the whole Benjamin Peterson situation is very unclear. He obviously made that statement on Twitter about welcoming Stingray Rob to the team when Stingray was announced. And then we heard from Larry Foyt that somehow Benjamin Peterson had, I don't know, somehow violated the terms of his contract. Yeah. And allegedly it was that he went over his crash budget. So this is all stuff that we've heard. I don't think it's been confirmed. Who knows if it will be confirmed, if legal legal action will occur. I don't know. But maybe we'll see Benjamin Peterson end up racing somewhere else, or potentially he takes this year off, and who knows what happens. I mean, he did well certain times last year, but I think Santino finishing third for you in the Indy 500, you're, if you have the choice between those two, and I don't know if Santino even brings any budget with him anymore. I, I still think that's who you're picking. Yes, agreed. Congrats, Santino. Happy for you. Let's go, team. Yes. Well, we're supposed to also hear from Dale Coyne soon, or we thought we were going to this week, and we haven't. So I wonder. Let's just keep saying that it's imminent, but we don't know when it's going to happen. I wonder if the whole Daniel Frost having to go to the. Yeah, Filipino, Singapore, Singapore, Singapore uh, army for the next two years, put a wrench in those plans because they were quite high on him. And I wonder Mm -hmm. if they were like, yeah, you know, let's move forward. We'll announce at some point. And then, you know, that that came out and wonder if that has something to do with it. Man, can you imagine he has to take two years off from racing, how hard it's going to be to get into IndyCar in two years from now? Like he has, yeah. It's he's going to have to do at least a f- another season of Indy Lights in 2026 to kind of get because like, you don't want to jump. I don't think anybody's going to want him to jump right into an Indy car two years away from not racing, having never actually raced an Indy car before. I mean, I know he's tested it, but agreed. In two years, the car, you know, we we might we might have a new engine, we might have a new chassis, we might have the same stuff. You, know, you never know. Who knows? So, and I don't mean... We might go back to Pano's chassis. Who knows? Yeah, you know... <laughs> I, made, I made that up. We're not no, doing that. No, we're not. But, yeah. So, yeah, that's a shame. It is, because they have mandatory service for, I think, all males in Singapore. So, thankfully, I don't think Singapore has been involved in many conflicts as of late. So, there's hopefully no real risk of Daniel Frost seeing, you know war or action essentially is what i mean and that's uh, personally i think that's a great thing but it is unfortunate that he's essentially has to stop his racing career 
for two years to go do this. And maybe, like you said, he was trying to find a way out of it. But perhaps the Singapore government wasn't playing chess with him, essentially. Yeah. They, weren't, they weren't letting him use racing as an excuse to get a waiver or whatever it was. Maybe he would have had to be in university or something yeah. to avoid this. Yeah, good question. All right, what's next? The last piece of news that we have for the IndyCar side is, and I know everyone's going to be excited about this because it's something that we keep talking about and hints keep being dropped about it with no real new news to divulge. But Argentina's got a new president oh, yeah, yeah. recently, Javier Millet. Um, we are not sure what that will do in terms of the impact for the possible race at the Autodromos Termas de Rio Ando road course. So we will see. Apparently, the excitement over adding it to 2024, I guess, has waned a little bit. And we would need to see some kind of financial support from tourism yeah. through Argentina yeah. and the government to see this happen. So who knows? There have been conversations on the subject, apparently, but um, Mark Miles told the media that he doesn't have anything to say except that it's a current topic and that they're communicating with Argentina to get the best answer. He expects that they will have clarity and have a real answer to this, he says, in a couple of weeks or maybe less before we're ready to publicly clarify the situation. So... It's, I would doubt that we're going to get a race in 2024. It'll probably be 2025 at the earliest. It sounds like it's a very slight possibility we could see Argentina in 2024, but it's not off the table. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. I also agree. I honestly kind of forgot about this whole non-points thing at the end of the season because I don't really care, but... But non-points races do nothing for me. Now, granted, I know the people of Argentina will be you know, very excited by this. I'm sure it will be an amazing audience, which, which could do great things for IndyCar. But non-points races, in terms of like excitement, for me, do absolutely nothing. And that's just... I'd rather, it, I'd rather them go down there and do like two days of off-season testing and then maybe like some sort of like non-points like heat races sort of thing like a little bit i don't know a little bit simpler in a way but you know kind of like what they're doing in what's that place called thermal club but overseas i'd rather thermal i'd rather thermal club be overseas if you're going to do something overseas that's non-points i'd rather it take the place of thermal club i would hope that going to Argentina and having a non-points event would just be a tryout or some kind of a test run for a points-paying event in the future. And so I'm okay with it being a non-points race for one year, maybe two years. Okay, I'm I'm fine But after that, that, if you you continue to do that, that. I think it takes away the interest of the event. Because why make it special that you have to travel internationally and then take away the value for the championship? Yeah. That would kind of ruin a lot of the interest in my opinion at least. yes that's fair f1 time i guess <laughs> okay so gunther steiner yes got dropped 
Why'd you say that so excitedly? Because I was excited. He got booted from Haas. Yeah. Very unceremoniously, it sounds like. He didn't get to say goodbye to anyone. Gene Haas was upset or tired of, I guess, arguing with Gunther about putting more investment into the team. Gunther was arguing that that is the only way the team is going to progress in the way that Gene Haas would like to see it do so. Yeah. And instead, Gene Haas said, nope, bye, Gunther, and promoted the technical director, Ayo Kamatsu, as the new team boss. So he was already in the team. But I don't know. Gunther is a very popular personality. This was polarizing within the F1 community because I think a lot of people who aren't super fans still love Gunther and his personality. I mean, the guy just wrote a book, I believe, that sold pretty well. Yeah, He was the face of that team. He has a lot of memes about him. Hmm. His personality is interesting. I don't blame Gunther for the failure of this organization whatsoever. I really don't think it's his fault. And I don't really know if we were able to see his full capacity or capability as a team boss because he was hamstrung with what he had constantly. Yeah. And clearly he was getting frustrated with that. I mean, Haas did really well in the beginning when they first came into that first year. Yeah. They finished like fifth or sixth in the championship and maybe their second year of. Yeah. And so to go from that to just consistently saying, oh, we're writing off this year again, we're 10th, whatever, uh, that's concerning. And to voice those concerns, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I'm on Gunther's side here. I think Gene Haas needs to just sell this team because it's not going to go up in value. This is, I would argue this is the peak. We are at the pinnacle of F1's value currently. I would imagine, I mean, I don't think it's going to go up from here. Maybe it'll stay the same, but if he's waiting to cash in and he's going to try to do it more long term and still hang on to this asset, he might regret that later. I mean, he has enough money where he probably won't care, but let's just solve this whole issue. You don't have to invest, Gunther, or not Gunther, Gene. <laughs> you it. can take away. Yeah, exactly. Just go do whatever you're doing elsewhere. Take your money. I don't know. How how old is Gene Haas? I have no idea. He looks pretty old. Probably. He's an old white guy. Uh, he's 71. So oh. he's, he's not super old. Yeah. He's younger than I thought. He looks older than that. Yeah. But, like, I mean, he's, he's just past, like, retirement age for a lot of people. Yeah. So, oh, well. He just clearly... This is frustrating. I think it's really frustrating. Because we could easily solve the issue. Andretti has offered to buy Haas in the past. Haas has rebuffed them and rebuffed others. It's almost like, I don't even know. It's like a petulant child (laughs) of, it's mine, but I also don't, I'm not actually going to use it. Like, I'm not going to get the best out of this, but I'm going to hang on to it because I don't want anyone else to have it. That's what I'm seeing. And I think they're not popular. This organization was popular because of Gunther Steiner. Yep, they were. They were. They are that not That was the anymore. whole reason. Yeah, he was the face of Haas. Anyone who was a fan of Haas was not a fan of Nico Hulkenberg or Kevin Magnussen. They're two of the most, like, underwhelming drivers currently in F1, I think. They're, they're fine. They're serviceable drivers. But 
they're guys who both left the sport and returned because Haas didn't know who else to hire. I will say that Gunther's like Gunther's personality kind of I don't know. I wasn't really a Gunther Steiner fan. And I'm not saying the okay, Haas fine, collapse fair. is his fault by any means, but also wasn't really a fan of him. It's just kind of annoying. And I don't think he helped the situation, like the whole Mick Schumacher situation. I don't think he handled particularly well last year or the year before. I, you know, I also don't think he's like the worst human being or the worst team principal ever or whatever his, his job title was. But yeah, Gene Haas needs to sell the team. Gunther will get another job. Maybe an F1. Maybe he's going to be a NASCAR driver. You never know. If Gunther Steiner is a NASCAR driver, I am literally booking the next flight to whatever race he's he's going to be racing in. I know it's unrealistic, but, I mean, weirder things have happened, right? That would be one of the weirdest, I think. But I would also say that I agree with you about Gunther mishandling some things and not being the best. Yeah. But once again, seeing another team just scapegoat people, right? Just fire someone, get rid of them. Yep. Is is not the solution. And and you would think that seeing everyone else do it in F1 would show Haas that, oh, this is not actually what I should be doing. Maybe continuity is the best <laughs> way forward here. And we just actually listen to the guy who's on the ground, like in the day-to-day operations of the team. But no, alas, it's another mismanaged F1 team. <sighs> Big sigh, my friend. Big sigh. Okay, what's next? America's F1 team. <laughs> Hoorah. America. Formula One. <laughs> Actually, it is very fittingly American, the way that this <laughs> is being done. Yeah, yeah. And in the negative sense. There are positive things about our country, but this reflects all of the negative ones. Okay. Next thing, Aston Martin has received a bunch of investment. We don't know the details because it has not been publicized how much of a stake this private equity firm bought in, but it is one of those massive. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. I guess just organizations that have kind of hands in every single bucket or pile within entertainment and sports. Yeah. 
So I'm interested to see if this means more investment. Maybe having someone else with a stake in the team will put more pressure on Lawrence Stroll to have two competitive drivers. Don't know about that. That's me reaching and being hopeful for. If you could see the look on Lance my face. Stroll being forced out, but I think this is an interesting what we're seeing because Alpine had this happen not long ago with the whole Ryan Reynolds, Anthony Joshua, etc. Whoever all those other individuals were that bought into it. And now Aston Martin. And so I wonder, it's Arctos Partners. Have you heard of them before? Nope. A-R-C-T-O-S Partners. I have not. So they're very, it's hard to even figure out what they do. I mean, it's just private equity. So I guess they just buy stuff and invest. (laughs) Private equity. They buy stuff. Yeah, uh, that's the best. But... I, I don't know fully what else they've invested in. Maybe we're going to see some cross-promotion partnership type things like we saw with Alpine. But they have Zidane also, like the famous soccer player also was like cross-promoting with them. I don't know if he's just an ambassador for them. I don't, what, I don't even know who that is. For Alpine. Whoa. Soccer fans are going to come at yeah, that's you. That's fine. But anyway, I think... This is interesting just because it's not a bad thing for by any means. It's yeah, it's great. I don't know how exactly. much it changes, like you said, because they still have Lance Stroll as one of their drivers, but we're talking about Aston Martin, right? I, I totally had a, a, a slight mind fart on what team that starts with the letter A we were talking about. Oh, wait. I'm trying to find their portfolio here. They invested in. The Houston Astros, the Golden State Warriors, Sacramento Kings, wow, the New Jersey Devils, the Pittsburgh Penguins, Liverpool Football Club, San Diego Padres, Boston Red Sox, Utah Jazz, Paris Saint Germain soccer team, Tampa Bay Lightning, and then some other logos that I don't recognize. Minnesota Wild, and these are probably some kind of other sports. <laughs> Yeah, right, right. Rugby or who knows? Yeah, I, I don't recognize these. Oh, the Dodgers. So, wow, they have a, a seriously broad portfolio. Interesting to see that they bought into Aston Martin. I don't know how much they paid or how much of a stake they have, though, so we can't really tell you more about that. But once again, this is the time, Gene Haas. Sell to someone who's interested because they're going to buy right now. These private equity firms are looking at F1 and they will purchase. Yeah, yeah. But he's not going to listen to this podcast. He's not listening to anyone. No, yeah. Okay, what's next? Do you know what Alpha Tauri's new name is going to be? Tickle Me Elmo Incorporated. Tickle Me Elmo Incorporated. No, that's creepy. I know. Is it not Racing Balls? (laughs) Not Racing Balls. Um, It is going to be Visa Cash App Racing Bowls. Wait, are you serious? That website domain was recently registered to Red Bull. And so we think that's what it's going to be. And then when you go to racingbulls.com, that page also redirects to a team launch website page. 
So Visa and Cash App would join uh, are going to join AlphaTauri slash now Racing Bulls as partners. Um, but if you look, I was actually doing some research on this. AlphaTauri slash now Racing Bulls has the fewest number of sponsors of any team in F1 currently. I think they only have like nine. Haas also is pretty far down there with like 12. Um, but sponsors are changing around right now because we've seen Ferrari lose several sponsors. Yeah. We just saw Estrella Galicia, this, the Spanish beer company, uh, move to McLaren. Really? They dumped. Really? Yeah, they got they moved off of Ferrari and Carlos Sainz, and they moved to McLaren. So I don't know. It's interesting. We also saw what McLaren's new livery, which wasn't really new. It just had more black on the side. Why are they taunting most of the same sponsors? Why are they touting it as a brand new livery when it's essentially the same? It's not a bad livery by any means. I am quite a fan of the orange and black, but it's not like this revolutionary thing to have a new livery. And sorry, I was kind of leaning far back from the microphone there, but it's, it's the same concept of like kind of these like triangle shapes on the side in terms of like the orange and black, you know, the black is just the carbon fiber of the car to save weight. So again, lame, the whole like, oh my God, this is the best new livery ever that we've seen on like Twitter and whatnot is like a slight people said that. Oh yeah. It's just, it was almost e- exhausting to read, but also like McLaren wow. being like, Look how cool we are for launching our livery out of nowhere, which is a cool concept instead of like all this like scheduling out like it's going to be a brand new thing. I probably prefer it this way versus like we have a new livery, wink wink, it's the same shit as we had last year. Not shit, because it's a decent livery, but the same roughly essentially the same thing. Okay, I've I've ranted. I didn't didn't anticipate ranting today, but here we are. I yeah, I don't know. I don't see why you need to do livery announcements or reveals because, like you said, it's pretty much the same thing. There's my new changes. So, but I guess for F1 people who are starved for content, they did this and to, you know, to activate with their sponsors and gather some hype. McLaren did this right now before everybody else had announced their cars because they dominated the news cycle for a couple of days there. So it's a smart move, a typical yeah. McLaren move yeah. of knowing when to push stuff out and get good publicity. But yeah, it was a whole lot of nothing. That's that's a good point in terms of marketing. Yeah, their marketing team did a really good job hyping it up, but it's it's not that different. And I don't think... The thing that annoys me about F1 livery launches isn't the livery launch. It's the livery launch on last year's car. Like, why can't, why can't we just wait until... If you're going to show your new car, like, yeah, put the new livery on it, sure. If you're showing last year's car, I don't care. Literally, I don't care. You could just send me a computer printout and be like, this is going to be our livery this year, and I would be just as excited. Old man yells at clouds. Yeah, yeah just wait until we get to these uh, new car reveals, and they're just on like a digital render. Yeah. And it's not actually the new car because the team doesn't, doesn't want to actually show anything. So just wait for that. Get excited for that at the beginning of February. <laughs> and also get excited for Las Vegas keeping the 10 p.m. slot as F1 has revealed the start times for the 2024 season. Although I was reading that we're going to see a race in Madrid 
in 2024. Right. Didn't we talk about that? It's coming. The announcement is going to be imminent. Yeah, we did mention it before, but I've been seeing some sources that say it's going to happen. Okay. Is that instead of something? I forget. I'm not sure because the stuff that I've seen, and I haven't gotten the chance to ask any of the people that we're close with that have F1 access sources. So I will reach out to some of those individuals and see what they're able to tell me. Can we ask Gunther? But yeah, probably he wouldn't know who we are, so he probably wouldn't answer, but fair. You can try. I mean, we can go down to his house. We know he lives in North Carolina. Yeah. But I don't know this, this 10 PM slot. Uh, Okay. Interesting. Uh, The only race that's going to have a different start time is going to be kick like Miami, which is, Going to start now at 4 p.m. local instead of 3.30. So everything else pretty much stays the same, including the F1 race in Las Vegas. So I guess get used to this, and and it worked for F1 in terms of their broadcast numbers and people tuning in. Two final pieces of news. All right, let's do it. Lando Norris has been the subject of some rumors linking him to Red Bull. Oh. That's been going around for a while. I've been seeing this, and I haven't really wanted to bring it up because I just don't see it happening. Yeah. And Zach Brown has reiterated that it's not happening. I, If I were Zach Brown, and he knows how to do contracts, <laughs> uh, he's Norris is signed with McLaren until the end of 2025, so he's got at least two more years. Red Bull, yes, could probably just buy out whatever they want to buy out of that contract, but I'm pretty sure that Lando's not going to settle for being the number two to Max Verstappen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can see why Red Bull wants a better number two, but Lando's not a number two guy. And if you're afraid that Max is going to retire soon because he's getting tired of winning constantly and sick of all the glitz and glam of the F1 media appearances and all that sort of stuff then I understand why you would hire Lando because then he's going to be your next number one guy. Yeah. But they've also got a ton of people in their ladder. I mean, they have more drivers than they can fill in their seats of the four seats that they do currently have. And I don't know. Helmet Marco's weird. Why have junior drivers if you're not actually going to bring them <laughs> up? Like Yuki Sonoda, I, I think, has either proved that you should bring him up or just drop him from F1. Cause if I were him, I wouldn't want to just be sticking around in the visa cash app racing bulls team for the rest of my life or Daniel Ricardo. I mean, there's so many rumors about that second Red Bull seat and all the rumors are just going to continue to, I think get inside Sergio Perez's head. And it seems like when Sergio is not calm and like feeling welcomed and valued in a team, much like we've seen other drivers in the past feel this way, Heinz Harold Frensen is a good example of somebody who did really well in the Jordan family atmosphere, felt like he had the whole team on his side. And then at Williams, where it was a hostile environment, where basically, especially if you read Damon Hill's book, which is one of my favorites, they couldn't care less about making the driver feel warm and fuzzy. They liked people like Nigel Mansell, Alan Jones, these tough-as-nails guys who just didn't need any help or encouragement. Sergio Perez, I think, needs encouragement, needs to be sort of pumped up by the team. Yeah, maybe not coddled, but he doesn't want to feel like he's at any point could 
be out of the team. And I think it's only going to get worse in 2024 for him as we see that happen. But final piece of news. We are apparently going to see Alan Pomaine. You recognize that name? Nope. All right, well, for those who have watched F1 for a long time, you will recognize his name because he spent 34 years with the team that was Benetton, then changed to Renault, Lotus, and Alpine. He was there for a long time. So he worked with Michael Schumacher for his championships there. He worked with Fernando Alonso when he won. So anyway, he's he's one of those guys that's a well-known name and that is kind of a well-respected figure within the paddock and he's going to join whatever alpha Tauri will be called so that's kind of kind of cool maybe yeah, we'll see cool. him make a difference there because these individuals who have been in f1 forever and have seen everything and worked with really successful drivers have a lot to offer yeah that's fair and it's nice to see them going to well i mean we would understand why he's no longer with alpine given their kind of status similar to Haas of not really being willing to invest or make any moves towards the front. So maybe we can see Alpha Tauri improve with somebody like this and maybe he'll recruit better people because that's someone that others want to work with in F1. All right. I dig it. We'll wrap it there. Everybody enjoy your weekend. Remember contest. Remember Pit Pass NASCAR episode on the Pit Pass NASCAR feed. If that's your thing, please listen, subscribe, and follow, and leave a review and all that fun stuff. And yeah, all right, guys, enjoy. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.